we should probably officially start yeah we can we can do that we can you know say the things i just did like a random pivot to hockey stuff and it was <laughs> it was much appreciated and now here we are um this is handsome hockey podcast episode 53 coming to you live from portland oregon sunny is, portland oregon yeah for the most part it's uh it's not shitty no it's yeah. nice out it's been really really nice weekend yeah, I uh, I've I've been enjoying it thoroughly. I went for a walk on mm-hmm. what was it Thursday? I was like, this is weird. We I also did outside. one walk. Yeah, it was dry. It's weird. Strange. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jake, and sitting across from me is Evan. Hey, I'm Evan, and we're here to talk to you about some handsome hockey. Uh, specifically, how bad the Oilers are. Yeah, they're not playing very handsome right now. I mean. They may be handsome off the ice, but, uh, well, eh, kind of ugly on it. Well, I don't know. Connor McDavid's not an ugly guy. No, but... Uh, I don't know if I'd call him handsome, but he's definitely not ugly. Yeah, he's sort of like a little unkempt. He's, he's like sort of, a he, six. Yeah, it, but he's sort of unkempt in like a gamer kind of way. Like... With his reflexes, you'd Matt, think he'd be like one of the best gamers of all time. That's true. If right? his thumb coordination is as good as his hockey coordination, he could be destroying fools on WoW. That'd be hilarious if like he's better at the NHL video game than he is in <laughs> at hockey. In, he's in like life. ranked number yeah. one in yeah. Chell. <laughs> uh, yeah the uh, the Rangers suck. They have Rangers. Let me start that over. <laughs> it's like I don't think the Rangers suck. The Rangers are okay, actually. Yeah. Uh, no, the Oilers suck. Um, they have no defense. They paid have no goaltending. Well, I was going to get to that because it's even more stark. Okay, um, sorry. Keep keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, they paid Darnell Nurse a lot of money to be not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded for Duncan Keith, which is going exactly how you might have thought it would. They sent Ethan Bear away. Yeah, like their most talented young defender. They're like, we've seen enough. Go play really well for Carolina. Yeah, we're going to put you on a real team. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, talk about someone who won the Edmonton Oilers sweepstakes. Like, Ethan Bear got out the sinking ship. They're, as Evan alluded to earlier, their goalies all are bad. Um, Yeah. Which is another thing that, like, any competent GM could have seen, like, wow, maybe I shouldn't go into the season with, like, uh, like prone to break overager Mike Smith and perennial underachiever Miko Koskinen. <laughs> He's only an underachiever because his contract is so high um, for a backup goalie. Another one of those GM things uh, yeah, starts to kind of did, did Holland sign that deal or is that a Chirelli thing? I don't know, but yeah, either way uh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um, so they also like we we had a couple of weeks of like Stuart Skinner. He's <laughs> going to be the guy. I mean, he his numbers both in the NHL and in the AHL are like, OK, he's maybe their goalie of the future, but he's still very young. Thankfully, Miko Kostin and oh, wow, his contract is even worse than I thought. It's four, four and a half million a year. My bad. Um, <laughs> I thought it was three and a half. Uh, it is up after this year, though. So he's got that. Um, yeah, Stuart Skinner's 23, but like at the same time, he's, he's gotten bludgeoned the last couple of times out, mm-hmm. which granted that's happened to every Edmonton goalie this year, especially since their defense is apparently even worse than like the Red Wings. I, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Duncan Keith, great in the room, not on the ice. I, I don't know how much longer I can be excited to watch Connor McDavid. And Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton. <laughs> you just kind of want to find a way to get them out of there. I just feel bad. Yeah, I mean, Canadian SEAL Team 6 is going to get called up by Justin Trudeau to extract these two guys from the grips of their just shitty 
ownership and GM combo. Well, help may be on the way. <laughs> In the form of notorious team cancer and person everyone hates, Evander Kane. Yeah. Uh, can't believe that that's A, happening, and B, gonna go well. I... What will probably happen is he'll come in, he'll have a great end of the year, the Oilers will sneak into the playoffs, and Ken Holland will give him a like six-year, $6 million contract that will immediately blow up right in his face. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard for him to party with that money because it's all like probably spoken for by the terms of his bankruptcy um i remember for a while what san jose was talking about canceling his contract because he wanted them to cancel the contract just so all of that money was not going to get garnished yeah um well good luck with that um (laughs) well and like uh i think it was sean mcindow who like kind of raised the issue that um he can't really sign like a cheap deal because of his financial implications. Like he can't, you know, just take a flyer on a team and, and go where the cup is going to like, he really needs to get his market value, uh, to pay his debts, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And substantial. Isn't it like 20 million or something like that? Yeah. I don't it's know. a lot. It, it, it's, it's impressive. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the gambling situation like in, in Edmonton. Do they have casinos there? I would assume so. Hmm. Are they up to the standard of Evander Kane's normal casino life where he's leaning off a balcony in Vegas holding stacks of hundos? <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, hey, Edmonton nightlife might be a wild and crazy time. I don't. I, I have no idea. So, yeah, um, watching Edmonton implode after their incredibly strong start has been um funny yes that's <laughs> yeah, that's what it is it just kind of makes uh, you go <laughs> like this was always going to be how this played out when mm-hmm. you hired ken holland yeah the man's not a good gm anymore Oop. when you give him a salary cap he goes wait well what's this Wait, we've had it for like 20 years now? Oh, no. <laughs> like it's, He's just not good at this. And it it shows like a competent GM versus Ken Holland when Iserman came in and like almost immediately eviscerated the entire roster mm-hmm. and then traded Ken Holland, Mike Green's corpse, <laughs> and Andre- Andreas Anthonisiu and got second and third round picks for it. Like... Anthony Sioux played like something like 20 games in Edmonton and immediately wasn't re-signed and signed with <laughs> LA. Mike Green retired after two games in Edmonton. <laughs> and Steve Eiserman got a third and a fourth for him. Like this is like that that's Ken Holland. Somebody's got to be the league whipping boy. Uh it's it's damn near obviously Ken Holland. The only reason his team is even remotely relevant is because he has two of the three best players in the world on it. Yeah, and lucked into that after uh, how many chances at picking first between him and, and Chirelli? Like, they they ended up sucking for so long that at least a couple of those picks were bound to pan out. And, oh, look, they did. And now those players are just marooned on this desert island of a roster. It's, it's a trash fire there. Like... It's a trash fire on a desert island. Yeah, which, I mean, if you're going to have a trash fire, I'm guessing that's probably the best place for it. But it's painful to watch. The reason it's funny is because it's Ken Holland and I'm a Red Wings fan. <laughs> like, that's why it's funny. I do genuinely feel bad for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Like, but it's it, it sucks to watch this. But when they, like, inevitably launder the uh, addition of Evander Kane to their roster, like, both of those guys are going to lose so much goodwill with the media just because their GM is making this incredibly controversial decision and they have to toe the line. Like, Connor McDavid's already gotten trashed on because he's just, like, didn't come out against it because that's not something that he would ever do he said one thing about the olympics and people were like whoa 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 did he just have an opinion (laughs) yeah we didn't know you were allowed connor is there some flavor in this milk what i'm confused (laughs) it's smilk (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't remember Brian's strawberry milk. I mean, we've probably spent enough time on the fact that the Oilers suck. It's just kind of funny. And let's uh, stay in Canada, though, for a little bit. And also with teams that are underachieving. We're actually staying in Canada for quite a while, if I look at the script here. Yeah, just our nice Canadian vacation. Uh, well, we're a sunny long time of, It's a long time of year for that. <laughs> Not if you want cheap deals. That off-season... That's true. You could probably get to Edmonton for like $4 right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not actually going to Florida. I'm going to Red Deer. <laughs> well, we're about to talk about Red Deer. <laughs> so the Jets are exploring leaving their arena in Winnipeg because of COVID restrictions in the province and playing their home games in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to avoid attendance caps. Thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. kind of cool but like sort of can't blame them like it, it's a hard life out there for ownership and and teams in canada right now like is this kind of a bush league move to just take your team on the road yeah but i don't know it's interesting it's a way to deal with the problem like but like what are what are your attendance figures gonna be your season ticket holders probably aren't going so you'd probably have to refund some money, I would think, for yeah, games that, that can't be played. Mm-hmm. It's um, a really weird and interesting move that they've only, I think, started exploring. I think what they contacted their season ticket holders or something or like pulled them. But yeah, it's hard to see pulling more fans in a strange arena hours away than you can pull at home with an attendance cap. I don't know. It's a really funky move. It's a nine hour drive from Saskatchewan or Saskatoon to Winnipeg. Wow. So okay. I don't think they're going to get the the uh, home fan support. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, regionally, you know, those people are still probably Jets fans. No, they're probably Edmonton fans. They're like, they're closer to Edmonton and Calgary than they are to Winnipeg. Interesting. Thank you, Google Maps. Um, <laughs> that they would contemplate playing games in Saskatoon. You know, they would just be like, running back to saskatoon you know i i've been hanging around libraries (laughs) i've been learning about books i been talking to playwriters i've been working on words and (laughs) phrases you know moose jaw broadview mooseman two running back to saskatoon red deer terrace hannah medicine hat Sounds These like all sound Jets. like suburban housing development. Sounds like the Jets want to sing another prairie tune. <laughs> that is uh, the lyrics to Running Back to Saskatoon by the amazing Guess Who, who are a Saskatchewan band. Oh, wow. Um, I, you're just blowing my mind here with so much culture. Considering they're the band that wrote American Woman, it's kind of weird that they're from Saskatchewan, but you know. I mean, that just shows you the impression Americans have on Canadians. Uh, hey, Neil Young, man. Also from Winnipeg. So there you go. Uh, Full circle. Yeah. Uh, I think this ends up being a nothing burger. And I think the Jets end up staying in Winnipeg. Most of their games have been canceled anyways or postponed anyways. Uh, So like, why not just wait and play the games at home? Yeah. And it seems weird that forcing people into their private jets to go to Saskatchewan. All that that giant fleet of private jets in Winnipeg Mm -hmm. is hopefully there's enough space space at the regional airport in saskatoon to (laughs) and again not making fun of canadian provinces or cities it's just like saskatoon ain't big no like it's it's not a burgeoning metropolis it's 273,000 people okay that's bigger than i was thinking it's not tiny saskatchewan is a canadian province that borders the united states to the south Grassland covers its southern plains, and to the north are the rugged rock of the Canadian Shield Plateau, coniferous forests, rivers, and lakes. Did you say carnivorous forests? Coniferous. Regina. I, I believe it's Regina, not Regina. I believe it's Regina. The provincial capital is home to the Royal Saskatchewan Museum, which with exhibits on natural history and the people of Canada's First Nation. We're actually a travel podcast today on Rick Steves. I think the Jets end up staying in Winnipeg. It doesn't sound like a real actual feasible plan. I applaud the Jets for thinking out of the box Mm -hmm. here, but like just play your games at home. Yeah, it seemed more reasonable before you 
showed us that there was a nine hour drive in the middle. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Through uh, nothingness <laughs> in the winter in Canada. Yeah. I mean, if you have a Tesla, you just like put it on autopilot and, you know, you maybe hit a moose on the way, but you could hit one moose or three moose, but it's always moose. Yep. Never meese, never mooses. It, it, it. Moose in and in. Look at all those moose. There's a moose. I love English. Also in Canada, we're just jotting across the entire breadth of mm-hmm. the continent today, actually. We're getting fancier, though. We're going to Prince Edward Island. Yeah, it's like, I, I like that you held your pinky out mm-hmm. while you said that, and it, it feels appropriate. Um, so Keegan Mitchell, who plays for the Sherwood Metros in the Prince Edward Island Junior B League, was suspended indefinitely by Prince Edward Island Hockey for violating their social media policy. Now, what he did to violate that social media policy was he called them out for being racist. (laughs) He was suspended two games for slashing a player Mm -hmm. uh, who had said anti-Asian slurs at a teammate of his. Mm Mm-hmm. The player who used the anti-Asian slur was also suspended two games. Right. So Keegan Mitchell, for being a stand-up dude, got two games and an indefinite suspension. And this... uh, He got the indefinite suspension for calling out the league for giving matching suspensions for... Racism and slashing. Right. Yeah. And similar things. Yeah. the, The league... You know, equivalent of both you guys go to the box, but uh, one but of this these guy things, had a knife. Like, yeah, one of these things is maybe not like the other. So there was a lot of pushback and social media people calling out this league, and they eventually caved. Yeah, they caved, but like if they'd done this in the first place, we're not even talking about the Prince Edward Island Junior B League, right? Right. Or we're saying, hey, they suspended this kid for being racist. That's pretty rad. Mm -hmm. Instead, we're talking about how they look like a bunch of backpedaling turds (laughs) because they they backpedaled into giving the offending player a five game suspension. So they extended Mm -hmm. his suspension by three games and rescinded the indefinite suspension of Keegan Mitchell. And it's like. And then talked about how they have their uh, corgi walk. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, Corgi butts. Corgi butts drive me nuts. Corgi butts alert. So, (laughs) uh, and then like puts out this statement about how, oh, Keegan's actions have shown us how our policies are in dire need of blah, blah, blah. Like, you think? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe don't come down harder on the person uh, exposing you than the uh, person that, you know, said the racist thing. This is a, an appropriate uh, response. You know, I think the league eventually under pressure did probably the correct thing. Um, you know, keeping stand his two game suspension for slashing must have been one hell of a slash. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see that slash like, like two games for a slash. Did was he, it to the throat? Yeah, did like, he Duncan Keith, the guy and <laughs> tomahawk him like with a wind up and overhead slash to the throat. Like, uh, uh, was it uh, was it like Frank Thomas going to bat? Like, what was this? <laughs> two games for a slash must have been. Amazing. That's a hearty slash. Sounds like they had a hell of a night and they're having a hell of a time dealing with the aftermath good they're like the fallout from this should be substantive and i mean this league yeah and you know one of the things that keegan mitchell said in his post that got him his indefinite suspension was that you know like you should one you should always stand up against racism wherever it rears its ugly head Mm -hmm. and he also said like by suspending him just as much as you suspended the racist player you're saying like, hey, look, everybody, Prince Edward Island is really fucking racist. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's a public image thing here, too. This Keegan Mitchell guy really, you know, did a number on this league. He sounded like he was willing to essentially forego the rest of his junior hockey career to have to make a league. Stand. Yeah. To have this league just eat shit. Yeah. And like, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Mitchell, you are our hero of this episode. <laughs> Speaking more 
uh, about heroes and staying in Canada, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, uh, which was created um, during the the bubble season, uh, they, they created that, you know, during the racial tensions following the murder of George Floyd and subsequent discrimination by police officers throughout the mm-hmm. mostly United States, but also Canada. Right. They haven't gone away as much as the NHL would like them to. Yeah. Uh, Funny. Like... The NHL, you know, paid lip service back, what, a year and change ago, and now uh, crickets when they want to film a nice ad for their movement. Yeah, we'll get to that part. Um, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> we do a lot of that in the uh, in the uh, the podcast. Um, they, uh, they are still going strong, trying mm-hmm. to make hockey a more inclusive space, a less racist space. They're also trying to help grow the game in communities of color Mm -hmm. uh, throughout North America, all noble causes. They just partnered with Budweiser to start the hashtag tape out hate campaign. Oh, I tape. I thought it was tap out hate. Uh, We all hate tap out. Oh oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't, they don't need a hashtag for that. It's just a given. Mm. If you are a tap out shirt, hate hate be upon you. Bye Felicia. (laughs) So the Tape Out Hate campaign focuses on stick tape that features messages of positive reinforcement for BIPOC hockey players. And I was looking at it. It's it looks like the tape is about four dollars a roll Mm -hmm. or so. uh, And one dollar from every roll goes to the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Just like a shout out to our small uh, social media following I tried to buy some of this tape, and it looks like it's only available in Canada. If you know how to get this tape in the United States, add us, send us a message, a DM or whatever, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter. We would love to get some tape and uh, you know support this. Uh, I couldn't find a way to buy it and get it shipped to the U.S., so I just bought a T-shirt instead. So they put together a video. They filmed a video with, uh, I think the funding came from Budweiser. They ended up filming the video in their very cool looking black hockey diversity alliance jerseys yeah they're sweet uh a lot of people ask the question why aren't you guys just in your team jerseys and well it turns out that's because the nhl did not want to support this video uh they did not want them in their league jerseys and uh necessitated them use these uh you know cool looking jerseys but i think it would have been a bigger impression had they use their regular NHL team jerseys. Yeah, the NHL forbade them. Like, right. it wasn't just like, no, we're not going to support this. It's like, no, you absolutely can't do this. Yeah, if you don't do what we want, we send the lawyers after you. The initial idea for the video was to like have them skating around in their their NHL jerseys and be like, just like have the messages that are on the tape kind of said over and over. Mm-hmm. And then they sat them down and started t- filming them talking about their experiences. And that was only supposed to take a couple minutes and it ended up taking hours. And they were like, no, this is the video we're going to, we're going to feature this. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, several of these guys sharing the like tra- traumatic experiences that they've had, Right. Growing up in the game of hockey and still like to this day playing in the NHL, the abuse that they get from uh, fans and uh, and commentators, like it's it's absurd. Mm -hmm. And the video, uh, you know, look it up. It's all over social media at this point. It's awesome. The Hockey Diversity Alliance is at the official HDA on Twitter you can see the video there. You should follow them anyways and support their messages and their, um, this, just this campaign in general. Yeah. They're also at hockeydiversityalliance.org, And that's where you can not buy their tape if you're an American, but you can buy other stuff like hoodies, t-shirts. Um, their branding is really cool. And it's nice to see that they've gotten a, uh, corporate sponsor in Budweiser. Who would have thought that Budweiser would carry uh, the NHL's water in terms of funding diversity, especially after the league did make like milk toast statements and they kind of hand waved last year, like, oh, you know, we're, we're going to support some diversity. And like everyone knew that was such a fucking fake, but this really has come full circle and exposed, you know, the NHL just kind of 
hiding behind this veneer of progress. Like racism in hockey does not go away just because it's not the loudest thing in the room. Like it takes continual work. It takes continual addressing of, you know, these issues, like when they crop up, like they did in Prince Edward Island, you can't just kind of run from it because it's not convenient to talk about right now. And that's exactly what the NHL has done. And, you know, it's incredible. As Nikita Kucherov said, number one bullshit uh, (laughs) that the NHL has, you know, just kind of abandoned this effort that they started to make inroads to look good last year. They actually had some cool stuff in the Mm -hmm. bubble. Like they had the We Skate for black lives. Yeah, sure. Sure. Where is for it like, now? For like <laughs> where for is like it, they, now? it was it was gone in like a two weeks. Yeah, I know. Then it was like we skate for cool things in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> like barbecue. Woo. Like the like it turned into a fucking joke real quick. And it's like like we all we all knew like this was lip service by yeah, the end. Every everybody saw this coming from a thousand miles away. And it still sucks. It yeah. still sucks just to see, you know, this this empty platitude get exposed for what it is it gets it's so bad that not only did the nhl say they would promote it and they did by saying proud to partner with budweiser who is supporting tape out hate and made no mention of the hockey diversity alliance whatsoever yeah they also it came out that the Hockey Diversity Alliance had been trying to get them to support this campaign for a year, a full <laughs> year. The Hockey Diversity Alliance has only been a thing for like two years. Mm-hmm. So like half of their life, like the lifespan of the Hockey Diversity Alliance has been spent trying to get the NHL to step up to the plate and support this program and this hashtag and this campaign. And the NHL said, nah, <laughs> and like, it's such a like it's such a slap in the face by the league and what it really shows like once more everything in the bubble and during the height of Black Lives Matter was for show. Right. It like their decision not to cancel games when they first should have was not a misstep by the league but because they didn't fucking care <laughs> and they didn't think people would care. Right. Um it's it shows it's it just shows that there there's a complete lack of give a fuck in mm-hmm. cultivating the game of hockey in communities of color and also supporting you know bipoc uh members in the hockey community when they come against they come up against this racist element of hockey which is very pervasive right and like you know budweiser isn't just in it for uh funds and feels like fuck no you know they're making money and they know that this is actually popular that that you know diversity in hockey is something that a lot of people care about like the companies have run the numbers but apparently the nhl hasn't so i don't know i think it's really interesting that you know a large sponsor has gotten involved like this and the league is just still like bumbling around and and you know, the same old white men are like, well, I don't know if I can support diversity. What, so what you're saying is diversity in hockey is like build back better in West Virginia. <laughs> and the NHL is like is Joe, Joe Manchin, Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Yeah. Fucking trash. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, absolutely trash. I, this just show honestly, like we've been talking about this off and on for gosh, however long we've been doing this podcast now um actually i think we're like just past our year mark of publishing mm-hmm. so happy birthday yay we're one yay which i guess it makes sense it's a 53rd episode so yeah kind of oh wow yeah, yeah. funny how that happens i guess wild i mean that means that we've sort of hit an average of once a week we're we're on top of it yeah <laughs> we're we're great um we're, we're we're a professional podcast what this really just shows though is that the leadership of the league needs to be i said cold in the notes that is you know kind of brings up images of murder uh we (laughs) we don't we don't want to murder anybody but people need to be removed from power in the nhl and there needs to be new leadership that is forward thinking and uh, 
aware like like that's that's the the big thing is it seems like the leadership of the nhl is just not aware of the situation around them like they're sitting there holding tight to their like milk toast white pearls like waiting for waiting for people to not be angry about racism again and it's like this shit's been going on for a long ass time like it's just now coming to hockey and guess what it's not going away so i mean this league is back asswards enough that they half the old white men the same 300 white men that get the same jobs at front offices across the league like half of them whined about you know trevor zegris tossing a puck over the net and having his buddy whack it in for a goal yeah like bad for the game exactly so you know that they're uh that goal still, gave mike babcock hemorrhoids <laughs> That they are still, you know, not doing a good job being inclusive and addressing diversity issues is relatively congruent with what they are in the rest of the league. I genuinely think there is, you know, an upswell of people that know better that work at the league, but I think it is still just the people in positions of power that do the executive decisions and the editing those are still the old white guys and those are still the people that don't know how to deal with this stuff. And I mean, it's not like, I think a lot of people are just scared of it. And how do you, how do you deal with it? You just are forthright and forthcoming and earnest and you just deal with it head on. And like if the NHL had just allowed these guys to use their team jerseys and given them even a pittance of cash, we would not be having this, embarrassing moment and uh angersome moment for a lot of fans yeah the nhl one of the most incompetently run major sports leagues in the world if you don't want to deal with it fine hire somebody who does right and just let them do the thing Mm -hmm. if gary bettman is like i don't want people of color in this game like (laughs) okay you know what (laughs) fuck you but whatever just hire somebody to do it so like you can grow your game. And I don't think Gary Bettman feels that way. I think he no, would he, much rather it be a diverse game, but he is scared and doesn't want to piss off old the, the old white men. And like, and he knows who the ones are that he doesn't want to piss off. It's a political thing, and uh, the missteps that are being made are political. You know how you grow your game? Put it in more communities. <laughs> right. You know what that's called? markets yeah (sighs) okay we can move on to good things now yeah uh you know who is doing a good job in terms of uh inclusivity and diversity the kalamazoo (laughs) k-wings exactly who you would expect exactly nothing like nothing like kalamazoo which is a real city name Mm -hmm. in michigan uh kalamazoo's kind of sweet actually it's got western michigan in it uh, i've been to some pretty cool bars Mm -hmm. uh bells is there yeah it's got a good uh good nexus of craft brewing i don't know i've always liked kalamazoo it's fine um but they painted their they painted their uh ice rink ice with the pride flag uh calling it rainbow ice in their show of solidarity with lgbtq communities and uh, i only hope that they also had slushies available with all of these colors at the game because if not that's a misstep (laughs) it looked pretty cool and also, you know, different colored slushies are super cheap to make. We say this a lot, I think, but like, check out, uh, we we retweeted a bunch of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, look up the Kalamazoo K-Wings, their, their social media. They've got a ton of stuff out about, about it. It it looks really cool. Like, it's like taking the uh, the purple center ice from the, the Wubble to like... <laughs> and taking it and going plaid with it like it's it's insane (laughs) like it goes it's not just from blue line to blue line it goes damn near to like the tops of the circles in each zone uh it's not you can't miss it it's got to feel like you're playing hockey on rainbow road in like mario kart mixed with mixed with like playing football at uh boise state's stadium (laughs) it's it's really cool looking like i watched uh probably like a period and a half of one of their games because they stream them online and i 
it's it's intense. It's <laughs> it's really obvious that the, it's a pride flag. It's do the referees cool. like really stand out? Uh, yeah, because they're <laughs> they're white and black against a I know. A, a, a plethora of color. It's uh, got to be funny. It's it's awesome. Um, the players really stood out against it too. It, like it it actually it looked really cool. Like it was just it was awesome to see, especially you know a town in Michigan which you know, isn't always the most progressive of places. Uh, they tried to kidnap the governor for making people wear masks. So like, well, Kalamazoo you know, is, is like one of the liberal strongholds in, in uh, Michigan. Some, yeah, there's a college there. So that helps go Broncos. Actually, Western Michigan who has one hell of a hockey team this year. Yeah. It's super cool to see a minor league team taking this kind of stand. They wore pride jerseys as well. Like they I think they were black with like the letters and a rainbow hue. Mm. They looked cool. They won the game. Actually had a couple of really good goals. It's thoughtful. Yeah, it's a nice, you know, it's a spectacle. Like we talk about spectacles being kind of fleeting and maybe not having, you know, the force of kind of like a groundswell movement, but the spectacle also shows like a buy-in from the top and like to it sends a message. I think it takes these actions to help kind of make this interesting, make it a conversation, but we definitely look forward to a time when it doesn't need to be a spectacle to make a conversation anymore. It's just an equal playing field. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. What this shows is like, they're willing to put money towards it. Cause mm-hmm. like tweeting solidarity or tweeting like Twitter is free. Having a Twitter account is free, right? The owner could have, could actually be the control. You don't even need a social media person. If the owner wants to just be that guy, but like tweeting support is free. Mm hmm. Painting your fucking ice is not free. <laughs> like yeah. that costs money. That shows that you're willing to also put like a monetary backing towards your support. Like they got right. jerseys. Like those are not cheap, as we know, because we just ordered some for the team, and those are way cheaper than uh, minor league qual- caliber hockey jersey, ice hockey jerseys. Like this is this shows an actual like like you're willing to also put money towards this statement of solidarity, mm-hmm. and that's that's. Honestly, that's part of growing a movement is financing that movement. Yeah. And you put money towards solidarity instead of putting money towards uh, making teachers scramble for cash at center ice during an intermission. Like, you know, you've made a good decision that hopefully pays some dividends. Good job, state of Michigan. You know, you don't always have the most... My, my home state, you don't always have the most sterling reputation uh, <laughs> as a liberal beacon, but this is yeah. pretty cool. So uh, I was... Good job, K-Wings. I, I saw the... I, I have been to several K-Wings games oh, yeah? in my life. I got Marty Turco's autograph. He was a he was a goaltender for oh, the K-Wings cool. after college. Um, so what what is a K-Wing? Uh, it, it's a wing that's shaped like a K. Is it like... Well, they're the it, Kalamazoo it, it, Wings... Yeah, so but the, I mean, the is, it, is the K-Wing like a little known uh, Star Wars uh, fighter for the Rebels? It's like an X-Wing that like didn't fully like its wings couldn't come apart. And so it's stuck at a, as a K. Yeah, is, it, is it a K-Wing like a, uh, a breaded chicken wing that's breaded with like special K? Which would actually make a lot of sense in Kalamazoo because Battle Creek is right up the street and Special K is a Kellogg cereal and fuck Kellogg's. <laughs> um, uh, I think I just saw some like like three hundred and eighty thousand dollar or boxes of Kellogg cereal was seized in Mexico because the cartoons on the boxes uh, violate laws uh, promoting healthiness for children. Like, oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, Mex- Mexico is now bludgeoning us over our unhealthy breakfast cereals yeah, fuck kellogg's oh that's hilarious pay your pay your workers you stupid savages <laughs> fuck off union solidarity forever anyways um let's move on we also want to talk about the phf for a little bit we had some uh, some cool stuff happen this weekend as we record the whale and the riv are playing they have completed one period it's zero zero at the break toronto had themselves a weekend yeah uh toronto scored a whole lot more than six yeah they uh the Toronto six were like, you know what? Double it. And then some, uh, <laughs> they scored 14 goals in two games against the Buffalo Buttes this weekend. They real good. Our joke about the Toronto six having to score six goals to win, uh, has kind of come true. 
Except they're playing way better defense. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because but Elaine, they're still putting up six goals. Yeah, yeah. They they are doing the offensive part of that. They're mm-hmm. also like Elaine Chuli is insane. Yes, they did this against the Buffalo Buttes, and the Buffalo Buttes are bad. They have a young team. We talked about this in our PHF preview. Yeah, they're just like, in the basement of the league. Like, things, someone's yeah. got to be in that spot. Yeah, yeah, well, and things really had to gel quickly, and young talent had to rise quickly for mm-hmm. Buffalo to be good this year. And instead, it's like Carly Jackson just getting shelled, and, yeah. which sucks because she has the best mullet ever um, <laughs> and is also a fantastic goalie uh, and is on my PHF fantasy team. Um, I feel like the Buffalo goalies should just have a union in which they just like they commiserate. Should, they should be striking right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, grain of salt, it's against Buffalo. But at the same time, like eight to three and six to one are bludgeonings that's authoritative yeah you have one with authority last season's mvp michaela grant mentis has been somehow even more of a force this season she is crushing everything uh she leads the league in goals and assists and is averaging 2.1 points per game i think she's eight points ahead of the next closest player damn um i I don't think there were any doubters about her being the rightful mvp last year but just in case there were (laughs) yeah uh that that's done like, sounds she like is, she's is, she definitely is. made the case for winning mvp twice in a row she is incredible and has been playing at a level that nobody in the league can match right now except maybe her goalie elaine chuli 1.08 goals against average jesus a 0.955 save percentage jesus that's if you can give a goalie the mvp of the league right now like Elaine Chuli and Michaela Grant Mentis have to be like neck and neck because they mm. have both been absurd this season. And Toronto has rightfully slow taken their place at, uh, atop the standings. Um, I think they've got like a full game lead at least over second place Connecticut at this point. Did you take Elaine Chuli in your fantasy league? I didn't. Uh, I took Abby Ives and Carly Jackson. Abby Ives having a great year, not even remotely as good as Elaine Chuli's year, but still very good. Carly Jackson's getting bludgeoned, so that's that's a bummer. We did hit a milestone on yesterday's game. Shannon Turter, uh, um, formerly Doyle of the Connecticut Whale, played their 100th game, celebrated in style by scoring on a laser from the point. 100 games in a league that's only been around for six years or six and a half. Mm -hmm. That's one hell of a milestone. You've played in almost every game for the in the history of the whale. Congratulations. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. All of these games have been she has competed for uh, the Connecticut whale, my beloved Connecticut <laughs> whale. She came out and said it's also a bittersweet uh, moment because she knows that there won't be another hundred games, mm-hmm. which is like really sad to hear. Uh, but at the same time, like it's really self-aware and it's really yeah. it, it's just awesome to see somebody who has given so much to the PHF slash NWHL Mm -hmm. given so much to promote women's hockey and, you know, girls hockey and like giving young women, somebody to look up to and aspire to be in the game. Mm -hmm. Like to look at, you can look at Shannon Turner and say, she plays professional hockey. I can do that too. Also somebody who's been so like kind of vociferous about it uh, Mm -hmm. is it's, Shannon Turner is a like a lights out superstar and like somebody that you know we should all aspire to be and so having them hit that 100 game mark is really awesome to see and yeah. the fact that they scored while doing it pretty rad. Yeah, her comments to me kind of underscore how precarious, you know, playing in this league can be. I I know, you know, to play 100 games in the PHF, I'm sure She's had to make a lot of professional and personal sacrifices. And I know a lot of these women do because it's not, you know, it's a professional league, but it's not professional in the same way yet that men's hockey is. And um, you're not making a living playing in the PHF yet. No, but I think hopefully someday soon. I think if that were Isn't that right, Alex Sinatra, <laughs> if that were to happen, um, you know, if Alex Sinatra were successful in her goal about bringing you know more of a living wage to this league you know maybe maybe shannon turner isn't making that comment about not playing another 100 games yeah it would be awesome if she were wrong about Mm -hmm. that uh it would be great to uh, to see that just not come to pass and uh she hits 200 and we're all like damn shannon turner (laughs) and then she says 
well, I know there won't be another 200. And then, <laughs> then you're like, okay, okay yeah, yeah, that's maybe. <laughs> so uh, hats off to Shannon. Congratulations on what has already been an amazing career. And we look for more success uh, in the future. And also maybe the whale will win the Isabel Cup this year. And that would be pretty Connecticut sweet. The Connecticut whale. I would immediately buy another Connecticut whale shirt if it was Isabel Cup champions. All right, we've got some uh, kind of just like quick hits to finish off the the episode today. Poor Caleb Jones and Connor Murphy. They got their cars stolen while they were eating dinner at a restaurant in the most like ridiculous, like Nick Cage rolled up and said, I'm going to steal some cars kind of way. Murphy's 2017 Porsche Panamera and Jones 2021 Jeep Trackhawk were both taken when somebody held up the valet at the restaurant, which was they were eating. These cars are both like $100,000 cars. And the video shows like a guy coming up and sort of maybe pressing a gun to the valet or something. Seemed like it was threatening him. Shit's getting crazy out there, even for NHL players. We got to take care of each other. I'm sure these cars just ended up like in Portland because that's where all the stolen cars end up. Yeah, they're, that's they're true. just on Marine Drive with all the rest of the stolen cars. <laughs> if your if your car is stolen in Portland, just have somebody give you a ride out to Marine Drive. You'll probably find it. Yeah, like there's a solid chance. It's, it's just there. chilling out there. Question is if you can get to it before someone uses it for shelter. Or a toilet. Speaking of stealing, Jack LaFontaine, the goalie for the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, got stolen like the golden orb in uh, Indiana Jones and placed into service in Carolina. He's going to make a lot of money and apparently you know, went into this with his eyes open, consulted his teammates, and Carolina needs goalies very badly right now. They have injuries and COVID issues. And Jack LaFontaine is going to make a lot of money making this step. And he's going to jump immediately from college to the pros, like living the dream. So hats off to him. This is kind of insane. I'll be the first to admit that I did not think the Freddie Anderson, Auntie Ranta duo was going to work. Uh, Freddie Anderson has been unreal good this mm-hmm. year. Jack LaFontaine, what's he making in his... He's getting a pretty... Just sweet, under a million. Yeah, he's jumping into a pretty sweet signing deal and apparently when he pulled his college teammates about it they're like are you crazy you gotta you gotta go to the pros man like they want you you know we don't want you here <laughs> fucking go play pro buddy it's sort of a feel-good story he's getting getting called up and pressed into service and hopefully he can do pretty well i mean carolina scores a lot of goals out in front of him but they have also allowed some uh, stinkers of some defensive efforts lately so i don't know carolina is a uh, exciting team because you kind of don't really ever know what you're going to get they are the the box of chocolates Mm -hmm. uh i am excited for jack because this means that more goals can be scored by Michigan. Uh, so because uh, Jack's a hell of a goalie. Uh, he, I think he's got a, a decent shot at being very good in the mm. NHL. He was very, very good at Minnesota. Very cool for him. And uh, go blue. Another big call up. Nicholas Lidstrom, the perfect human, was named VP of Hockey Ops for the Red Wings. Rejoining him with none other than Stevie Y. Of and Chris Draper and Dan Cleary, and they also said that their next step is getting Zetterberg back in the fold, like <laughs> all in the front office. Like, yeah, why at not? some point, the front office will be better at hockey than the players on the ice. It already is, <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, the Zetterberg, I think, still lives in the Detroit area. Uh, this is it's kind of an interesting one because uh, Nick Lidstrom lives in Sweden <laughs> and is not coming back. Like he's he's you know, like he's like no I'm gonna stay in Sweden it's he's fine just perfectly zooming in it's it's kind of funny uh, the my favorite take on this was they asked Steve Eiserman they're like they're like well you know is the perfect human going to be the perfect VP of hockey ops and Steve <laughs> Eiserman was like no he has to earn that <laughs> it was just like Ted Pan uh, he was like well he earned the perfect human moniker I'm sure you can earn this one and it's like. Steve Eiserman is just like, I don't I don't know if he has fun, but like he is. I think fun. he does. He's what, always so serious. <laughs> yeah, I what I liked it. was the picture that circulated of the two of them in black turtlenecks from the nineties looking like they were straight out of the Sprockets SNL bit. Yes. Like European artists like talking shit about postmodernism and, and then dancing to the robot. Like yeah. I mean, it's always awesome to have Nick Lidstrom around, so 
cool. Like I'm thrilled that Nick Lidstrom is still part of the organization, but at the same time he was never not going to be part of the organization. So like, I don't know, like even when Steve Eiserman was the GM in, in Tampa Bay, it was like, well, he's still a red wing. Like, so, like I don't, I don't know what he brings to the table. He's never done this before. He's also like one of the most brilliant hockey players of all time as far as like just understanding the game and thinking five six steps ahead to mm-hmm. you know be as good as he was he has one of the best hockey minds ever he's one of the like three best defensemen in nhl history i'm willing to um, believe he still has his like game day ritual like still going like he just oh, he yeah. just hasn't stopped like eating chicken parm at the same time <laughs> every day and like his kids are like dad why are you still eating on eastern standard time <laughs> we're in sweden now he's like i can't change it up i'm perfect also what's going to happen is uh the wings and the canucks are going to play in the winter classic this year and uh the alumni game is just going to be each team's front offices <laughs> so the canucks added the sedines and like liberto Berwango. yeah you know it's just as long All as Pavel Bure shows up, I'm happy. Yeah, and they can probably like con Kevin Bieksa into coming back too. Like these front offices are like really good beer league teams or something yeah. in Canada now. Oh God, can you imagine just like showing up to a beer league game and Nick Lidstrom's like, "Oh hey bud," you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Uh no, no," and the puck never gets past the red line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if like. Even on a dump and chase, he still right. manages to snag it. You're just like, damn it. <laughs> In other news, John Klingberg has requested a trade from Dallas. He does not like playing in Rick Bonus's system. If you look at his numbers, his numbers have definitely decreased since Rick Bonus mm-hmm. took charge. Um, whether that's a player getting old and you know playing a different style he's like 29 yeah well i mean <laughs> but uh no I, I think it's literally like jealousy over miro heisken and being the uh favored defensive son now which was always gonna happen yeah um but he also very importantly his contract is up at the end mm-hmm. of this year and so, he seems to think he can get like eight million dollars a year which no but uh maybe. have you seen uh darnell nurse uh like like yeah it's okay like willing to he believe probably that, could that Klingberg is is better than darnell nurse and yes. and his albatross of a contract i i understand why john Kling why why Klingberg would i'm not going to refer to people as their first name except for steve eiserman and even then that's <laughs> stevie i understand why he from a financial standpoint and from a like personal satisfaction or professional mm-hmm. satisfaction standpoint it makes a lot of sense um also it's texas you know maybe he wants uh power well, he should write his senator. Um, <laughs> there hasn't been any smoke about like him actually going anywhere. Uh, no, but also, he also like, in like the two games that he's played since, it, he's like trying to go like action hero and looks like shit. So uh, no, good for him. It's uh, <laughs> smart play. Yeah, he's Dallas is currently out of the playoffs and doesn't look very good. Yeah, he's definitely a tradable player. The question is, oh, especially with his contract, mm-hmm. um, like they can just retain like half that salary for the rest of the season and yeah the big question is to whomston for how much yes and you know i don't know his value is pretty low right now um i mean it's only 4.25 that's not bad um but like asa lindell is making more than him so yeah yeah can see how he would be a, a disgruntled employee well they also dallas also gave uh Ryan Suter, that mm-hmm. four year, like three and a half, $3.65 million contract. It's Which like, is so bad. Like, whoops. <laughs> if you'd have just given that money to Klingberg, you'd be a better team right now. Yeah. Cause, cause Suter's not very good. No, he's, he's washed. He I, also has a no movement clause. So, uh, in other flailings of failing non-playoff teams a flyers insider has leaked that uh their scouts all wanted kale mccarr surprise i mean it you know every scout that had their team pick a different player before kale mccarr in this draft uh missing out on a franchise changing generational talent at the defensive level is kicking themselves but the notable thing is they've just thrown ron hextall under the bus saying that he went uh Against advice and picked Nolan Patrick, poor Nolan Patrick, over Kale McCarr in the draft. Nolan Patrick barely played for the Flyers. 
is now trying to rehab his career in Vegas. Is this like the current GM trying to blame the old guy for making a mistake that's going to cost him? Or is this, I don't know, some other sort of media posturing? Bob Clark is like, he's a Flyers legend. I mean, right. But the team is failing. Like they are not going to make the playoffs. They don't look good. They're going to be sellers at the deadline. Like, yeah, we're talking about like Claude Giroux getting traded. Yeah, that's that's going to be rough. But I mean, so you got Rasmus wrist line. <laughs> you have the defenseman that takes himself out. I don't know. I, I think this is interesting in that it's like the canary signaling that the coal mine's about to collapse. And this team is probably going to look drastically differently next year. I just hope for Carter Hart's sake that they can buy some actual defensemen and not not be putting uh, Rasmus and um, they cannot be relying on Keith Yandel to keep pucks out of his own net. Like well, both of their contracts expire after this season. So but like you almost you have to resign Rasmus Bristol line and you gave up a first round pick for him. Right. Also in hockey news. Um, yeah. You know, Ken Holland isn't going to trade for him. No. Uh, you never know uh well is he 45 and washed up no uh then he's still safe uh kodak black had himself a moment let's say he had a game uh he uh, he was at a game he was attending a florida panthers game mm -hmm. uh, in a suite that he apparently thought was um the glass was tempered so you couldn't (laughs) see into it because there is very obvious video footage of him, uh, let's say, having uh, sexual intercourse so, in that suite. Yeah, the uh, the league investigated. Uh, George Peros heard about accused hit from behind, and uh, <laughs> and upon further review, he was just getting a dance. Yeah. He wasn't there. There was not likely any uh, penetration. Yeah, or or contact. Like he was just he was just behind a stripper wild and 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 uh he was behind a stripper that he brought to the game yeah do we know she was a stripper i i don't i don't want to assume if it might be his girlfriend i don't know uh i mean she was like dancing on all she she was something on on all fours fours and gyrating in i I don't know yeah my guess was stripper but maybe she just dances that way yeah well but i'm pretty sure her ass was out uh i I am i uh, I don't want to speculate, but it looked pretty obvious for me. But well, there was there was a video that came out from like the guy next to him, and it's very obvious that uh, it like wasn't actually sex. It but, was just uh, still, it just looked a lot like sex because he's like bending like, over and like really close to and her ass. thrusting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, like I there's a time and a place. Uh, I think this is this is the time and the place. I think this has done more to grow the game of hockey than Gary Bettman could ever dream That's of. That's true. Um, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. This is how old I am. I had no idea who Kodak Black was. Me either. Yeah. I was like, Kodak wow. Black, what, is that like a new expensive kind of film? I, I, I'm fucking old. Um, <laughs> I had no idea who this was. I have no, So I had to look it up, which is also like, wow, Google this fella. But apparently the uh, league and team were you know, very happy to have a celebrity of his stature at the game and like tweeted out a picture of him because not only did he have the box, he had some <laughs> nice seats too. And so he was rinkside yeah. earlier. And then like later, you know, the camera pans like from the uh, stodgy office suite that he is next to. The front office is like literally one suite over from this guy yes. <laughs> getting <laughs> getting ass rubbed in his crotch. <laughs> I don't know. Like talk about the dichotomy there. Like one black man having time of his life as a, at a hockey game and then like a bunch of tight-lipped old white men like unbeknownst to him. Like, <laughs> just like with their breathing the same air. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like worried about the Corsi percentages of their team. <laughs> uh, if they, if they even know what Corsi is. Um, <laughs> so Kodak Black's not really a great human. There's s- like several cases of sexual assault mm-hmm. against him. And okay. so like celebrating a dude at a hockey game who has that going on, like, uh, I mean, it's uh, maybe a slight upgrade from the last celebrity that the Florida Panthers, uh, endorsed was it, it jethro tull uh no it was kevin spacey okay um a little bit of a step up yeah <laughs> baby steps baby steps baby steps is 
really appropriate here. <laughs> um, it's weird all around. So you're saying I may have been uh, jumping the gun and tweeting Kodak Black for president? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's like fucking part, hilarious. Like it's oh, it's it's fucking bonkers. It's been it's this is a whole banana sandwich of fun. I love um, that. Like when the camera panned to him, like they didn't pan away. They no. were just like. Oh, we're we're looking at this now. This is going on the <laughs> internet real fast. Like, yeah, that production manager must have been like, and cut to camera three, and cut to. No, no, nah, just stay we're here. Just we're just gonna let this marinate. This is great. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like I don't know if you haven't seen the video, just google kodak black at the hockey game not at work <laughs> not at work not at work no that is an nsfw moment um so uh yeah so jack eichel um <laughs> uh look at that pivot uh jack eichel is skating again this is great for uh fans of the game great for jack he had his surgery his much belated surgery uh after getting traded to vegas and yeah. he's already skating. He makes the surgery sound like it wasn't a big deal. Like he said, he went out to dinner the night after with his parents. Like, it's insane to think that the Buffalo Sabres held him and crippled his fucking trade value for a surgery that doesn't even sound like it was actually as controversial as they were trying to make it sound because apparently they're their fucking insurer wouldn't insure him after this surgery. You know, uh, Buffalo got fucked over by their medical insurance, just like you and me. I don't know. I've never felt so connected to a, uh, <laughs> a National Hockey League franchise before. Well, the only thing that happens or needs to happen in the meantime is they need to, like, clear out a shit ton of salary cap to make room for him. Like, I was hearing that if they traded Evgeny Dodonov, like that wouldn't be enough. Like they would still need to jettison another player somehow. Um, so that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch is that we're probably going to see some sort of a Vegas trade. Um, who would involves anybody's guess, but like no doubt that they're going to use Arizona and their weaponized cap and tanking, uh, to help them out i don't know i was well, like what if they dump petrangelo and get back chitrin like who's got an amazingly cheap contract yeah well that we were talking about edmonton earlier there was like talk that uh ken holland wouldn't give up a first for jacob chicken and it's like are you fucking kidding me your defense sucks and he's super cheap what the hell is wrong with you yeah I would be amazed if Jacob Chitron doesn't get traded. Like, I wouldn't honestly. If I like, if I can be totally honest about it, like his contract is so ridiculously, stupidly cheap that they love Ari it. And Arizona has gone all in on a rebuild, right? But he's right. only twenty three. So if you're aiming for like three years from now to be good he'll be 26 like right. i honestly i don't think he gets traded i think he stays because they have one they have so much money coming off the cap this year because mm -hmm. they traded for like louis erickson and jay beagle and antoine roussel um and like they just like they have a ton oh my god they have a lot of yeah. Phil kessel comes off the cap and they've also year. made him the face of their franchise like i understand that but i also think God, his deal looks, it's got to look so good to, I don't know, someone trying to get cheaper while also getting back a they Norris have, quality defenseman. They have 30 million against the cap next year. They're fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I like, I don't guarantee it, but like, I have a <laughs> sneaking suspicion that he does not get traded. You're not going men's warehouse on me. No, I guarantee. Fuck you. <laughs> you're you're going to like the way you look. I think uh, we might see Phil the thrill get traded this year. Um, I hope so. I hope, you know, it'd be hilarious if they sent him back to Toronto, that would be amazing. Oof. And then he like showed up with a hot dog. Uh, if he doesn't show up with a hot dog, I disown you, Phil. <laughs> uh, other positive news. Tuka is back back. Uh, 
he's played and looked good so far. Yeah, he looked all right. Jeremy Swayman is predictably sent down to the minors and uh, can't, you know, give Linus Olmark giant hugs after every game and kind of hit you in the feels. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Tuca kind of just takes Jeremy Swayman's place in the in the hugs, like because that mm-hmm. would be a real downer if if we didn't get more of that because that was just like one of the better things in the NHL this season. It was adorable. I mean, Jeremy Swayman isn't going anywhere. He's the goalie of the future there. Uh, yeah, I mean, but this, this I, might be a last stand for Tuca. Like at this point, it like, definitely is. Um, but there, the team is in need of so many other pieces. Like they got to trade Oldmark, don't they? Uh, I don't think you can. Why His not? Contract is bad. How bad? four years, five million for a okay twenty five million per? Yeah. Oof. Really? Yeah. There was a lot of question about why they like. They're also paying Derek Forbort three million a year for the next three years. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. And Mike Riley three that million sounds, a year I for mean, the next three years. And John Moore five million a year for four years. That sounds like perfect Ken Holland territory. That's true. Yeah, he's not old enough. He'd have to be like thirty three. <laughs> but I mean, okay, Linus Allmark has been pretty good. Uh, you got to think that that's that's enticing to somebody it's awesome to see tuka back uh i have a lot of respect for him i also picked him up about a month ago and stashed him on mm. ir <laughs> in our fantasy league that and might, so that might win you the league that uh, was it was pretty savvy on my part i think um but um well i think this is a huge win for boston uh you right. know you get one of the best goaltenders of their generation back on a cheap ass deal boston's kind of like they're one of the more interesting teams just mm-hmm. because like, most of their stars are old also they've played like five games so far this year yeah so, they have uh, a lot of games to make up uh so like they are now officially in the playoffs i think they're the last seed okay. in the east at this point but i think they'll probably climb a little bit more just because they have so many games in hand um i think they'll climb aggressively too i mean we they're a good team. They they don't have center depth. They're not built for a cup because no. they don't have centers, but they're built to do damage in the playoffs for sure. But yeah, it's it's cool to see Tuka back. I, I like him. I really appreciated him and his stance in the mm-hmm. bubble and the way he kind of like stood strong after people just filleted him publicly because right. he had the audacity to care more about his family than a sports team. Mm-hmm. So and I think it's cool to see him back. Like the same people that filleted him, like turned around and like oh, okay fine i begrudgingly respect you now like yeah he's a he's a good hockey player he seems like a good dude you know good luck to him thank you everybody for listening to yet another episode of the handsome hockey podcast you can find us on the internets at handsomehockey.com handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter as we have stumbled across a couple of times today or handsomehockeypod at gmail.com or the facebook page that we semi-regularly update with mostly memes <laughs> and uh, updates on our episodes and obviously you're listening to us somewhere but we're on spotify apple google amazon stitcher TuneIn, overcast red circle and youtube this has been episode 53 as we noted earlier we're now over a year old if you're still listening to us why i mean thank you <laughs> and stay handsome everybody yeah we're gonna go eat some cake for baby's first birthday restez beau tous les mans